0: Podcast. I'm your host, Johannes, overlooking a beautifully paved and lined road that is Lorraine from the very tops of the Youth House Fortress here in the Diocese of Cleveland. It's great to be back. I am very, 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 very excited. Our guest today is the legendary Jared Top
1: Also known as Dippin' Sals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> today, yes. Yeah. Because if you do, if you all don't remember, back in the day, we had this joint venture, the Clarence and Peter podcast.
1: Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue nice.
0: It does. It so does.
1: But we would introduce it. You'd say, I'm I'm Clarence. I'm Johannes. And then I'd be like, I'm Jared. I'm Peter. Yeah. So when you said, Clarence, Clarence thoughts and dipping sauce, <laughs> I was like, you're like, I'm Clarence. I'm Johannes. I'm like, I'm dipping sauce. So I just, it just felt natural. It did. It was instinctual. So. I love
0: it. It's great. It's so good to have you here.
1: Dude, it is uh, It is great to be back. I can't say that. I was uh, driving up here and I'm like just reminiscing on the drive. This is the first time I've been in this neck of the woods since I think I was here. Wow. Like So over a year ago now. That's crazy. It has yeah. been that long. Yeah. Wow. I've seen you poking around here and there though. Yeah, you
0: know, I, I come and visit you on your vast, vast estate. Yes. It's great yeah I appreciate being over that's great that's yeah it was great,
1: great having you so oh, awesome.
0: we had some great theological banter
1: yeah it was a good time which is uh, when you if you don't work in church or in religion if you do work in that then like some of your favorite things to do are to talk about that yes especially like complex like theology because yes. no one else on earth will entertain those conversations
0: no it drives my girlfriend crazy yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know if Natalie thinks the
1: same. No, she'll ask like a question, like a general question, and then I'll start getting in it. And then next thing I know, she's on her phone, just scrolling, yeah. just telling me to stop. Rachel
0: so. just like rolls her eyes at me. Yeah. It's like Johannes. So. Okay. Yeah, it was good. It
1: was like two people just encouraging each other, yes. not not restricting each other yeah. at all. So it was fun. It
0: was beautiful, free, free banter. Yes. It was great. But yeah, it was very nice. I, I was very appreciative of being allowed over. Yeah, Rachel had a good time too. Good, I'm glad. Very good. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got it was a bonus. I saw you twice. I That's saw true. You, I saw you on the fourth, and then I saw you on the sixth. Yes, we yeah. did.
0: Rachel had a little tour on the fourth. We went and saw her friends out um, southeast side, and then ventured down two seventy one. Okay, to go see you. It was a great time, though. Yeah. And then Monday we had a great. Monday was the more yeah. intense theological. Yeah, because
1: there weren't as many people there as just us. It was yeah. Just people. Uh, I had a friend in town from Florida who loves to have these conversations. So he was there. Um, and so he was asking questions, and me and Johannes were answering. We were talking, and he loved it too. So it was actually three people just encouraging each other. True. Yeah. It was
0: very fantastic. It was, yeah. it was nice to be outside and in, in the open air and just in, in your vast estate, which has just huge tracts of land. And uh, it was yeah. nice. The Fireflies put on a great show. It was
1: spectacular. They did. They did. We yeah. My little country cottage. It's like <laughs> small house, a lot of land, no bathroom. We had to build an outhouse. We did. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was good though. Yeah, we had we covered a lot of topics. We talked about free will. We talked about uh, you talked about a lot of stuff in the Old Testament. Yeah,
1: we had lots of Bible talks. We did. Yeah, about
0: how Scripture is
1: not to be read
0: like literally. It's supposed to be read in the context of the genre and the historical views of the time.
1: Yeah, and you know what I was thinking when we were just talking downstairs a little bit ago? First of all, did I turn my mic off? I I pushed a button. Oh, I'm still on. You're still good. Uh, (laughs) Tom Rusty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a minute.
1: No, but we were, uh, my friend, you know, let's call him, his name rhymes with Lewis. His name is Lewis. Um, he said he wanted, kind of wanted to listen. So in case you're out there, Lewis.
0: Yeah, we'll have to send. I send
1: him the name of the podcast, but um, <laughs> good because he knew we were coming up because we made these plans Monday, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, but um, you know we were talking about how to. He was he was basically asking the question that if you read some books, some books are meant to be taken pretty literally, like right. the Gospels, for example. Yes. There are elements in there that are mm-hmm. like, but for the most part. And then he's like, so how do you know which ones to read literally? One of the things I forgot to say. Is that the Bible itself? Sort of organizes it for us. Mm-hmm. They say the, these are the prophets. These right. are the histories. These are the the X or the the Torah, basically the first right. five books of the Bible. So they actually they actually kind of categorize them themselves, which is a much simpler answer than I think what I was talking That's about. True. And got I, pretty deep. And I you? forgot to say it. And I felt <laughs> dumb sitting down there thinking that.
0: <laughs> but no one else thought you were dumb. Uh, you had some very very good insight all that stuff it was fantastic but yeah Yeah. you're right the bible you know because that was one of the major criticisms of christianity when it comes to straker text is a lot of the criticism was like wait a minute how do you reconcile evolution with adam and eve some christians will say you can't right and that you know that's one flavor of protestantism uh that believes in creationism but catholicism is is like that's that's up to science to figure out Yeah, these books were written at a time where we didn't have an understanding of the universe as much as we do today. Yeah.
1: And it's not even a it's not even a shortcoming of the Bible because um, that they weren't trying to explain the scientific origins of humans. They're trying to explain God and that God created the universe and they use real grandiose language there's a lot of like um sayings in Genesis that are meant to be almost like these little poetry sayings that you memorize like think mm-hmm. of like like ash to ash dust to dust like things that you're it's easy to memorize they're like they have like rhetorical power so right. so we know we're not we know that we read that in a different kind of way than we would read like Paul's letters to the church which are just instructing churches on the problems they're having basically exactly two very different books
0: right. And it's important to keep that in mind because it's easy to just see the you know to hold the book. It's a massive book, and just think that everything in that book is from the same time frame or written in the same style, right? With the same mindset. But this book was written over the course of a thousand some odd years,
1: with almost like fifty different authors, yeah, Yeah. Uh,
0: telling the same revelation of history. It's quite a remarkable work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean it's well it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that, I mean, but it that's that's what it and especially for, for Catholics to keep in mind when these debates happen is a lot of uh, views that people have or a lot of criticisms, at least in the United States, that people have of Catholicism is actually a criticism of like evangelical Protestant
1: like fundamentalist right. type of yeah, religion. So I come across that all the time when I
0: when someone like brings up this point, I'm like, yeah, that's not what the church teaches.
1: No. <laughs> and it, it's got to be frustrating if you're like one of those people that sort of like wrote down the catechism to be like, we answered this question and we right. wrote it down uh, years ago. <laughs> I mean, so it is probably annoying, but also who's going to take the time? Right. By, unless you care that much.
0: That's our job.
1: Yes. Is to evangelize.
0: Yeah. And, you know, because America is largely a Protestant nation, a lot of the, and because, you know, Protestants get lumped in with Catholics, uh, you know, the, a lot of the criticisms of Christianity are, you know, it's it's actually a criticism of, of a particular brand or flavor of Protestantism. Yeah. And it's actually, some people are like, oh, wow. Well, that's kind of cool when I tell them that it's actually possible to believe in evolution and still be a good Catholic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's written in the Vatican II documents, yeah. actually. So,
0: And that's also what I like about Catholicism. It acknowledges the reality that we don't know everything about the universe. And guess what? God didn't tell us everything about the universe. Right. So he gave us this intellect, and we use it to learn more about the universe. Yeah. So... That's why the church leaves a lot of things to science, because faith and morals don't, you know, they they dictate how science can, you know, how it should be used. Right. But they don't dictate on what it discovers. (laughs) It's, you know, it's not like the church says, well, this is what church teaches. So that means that you can't discover something simply because it might look like it contradicts with what the church teaches. Yeah. The science is about what is.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the books that I've spent a lot of time reading this past year is uh the book of Job. And the reason I read it is cuz a lot of people know the general story of Job is like Job was like basically being tested by God and he had everything taken away from him. And then he gets up to heaven and like has this conversation with God, and then God ends up rewarding him in the end. But the reason that I wanted to read it is because it's it's like a 50-chapter book. It's huge. And I just summed it up in two sentences. So I missed I'm leaving a lot out. Well, like at the when God or when Job actually confronts God, when he's had everything taken away, his whole family's dead, his whole livelihood is dead. Job says to God, why did you do this to me? Like, what are you think? He actually like sort of like rants at God mm-hmm. and like says some like pretty aggressive things. It's very which, relatable. Yeah. And then one of the things God says is he doesn't answer his questions, but he takes him on a tour of the universe. And then he says, were you, do you know, um, the dimensions of the mountains? Do you know how many creatures are in the sea? Do you know how many stars there are? Do you know what it took to put the stars together? And he basically says all this stuff saying like, look, I'm doing all of this I have a plan that you can't even possibly comprehend so Mm -hmm. don't ask that question just trust in me right and then he does
0: right and that doesn't mean don't use your mind and explore no trusting God doesn't mean be blind it means have trust and use I mean God gave us these amazing intellects who are we not to use them Yeah. That would be the greatest tragedy.
1: And if God is true, and he's the creator of the universe, and if God is truth, if God is love, then anything we discover about this universe actually leads us closer to him. Bingo. God
0: wants us. That's the importance of free will, which we also talked about. Yeah. That's the importance of free will, is to say, I choose to do whatever, and the idea is to, because we have that, that natural longing for the greater, which is a natural longing for God, that is the whole point, is to use intellect to discover God. Like mm-hmm. how awesome is that? Yeah. I love I, that's why I love uh space. Because we just there's so much out there that we don't know about. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Oh
1: I love science. I do too. Everyone well, does. Science is fantastic. Everyone should, you know? I just
0: hate when, when it's like
1: they're pitted against Science each other.
0: Science versus religion. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. you know It's like he's, saying English versus math. <laughs>
0: right. It's like, wait a minute. What? No. I mean, at least from a from a Catholic perspective. I mean, I mean, look at, we also mentioned this in our conversation. You know, universities, the health care system, all that was born out of the church mm-hmm. and the call to care for others and to learn. Yeah, that all was born out of the church, uh, the universities, free thought, all of that was born from the church. Without yeah. it, I mean, to say that science and religion can't live together is absolutely not true and gravely inaccurate.
1: Yep, it's one of the most challenging, like, uh, problems that the church has right now is to get rid of that sort of mm-hmm. belief that the two are at odds with each other, that one's superior, one's, yeah. you know. And I think that's
0: mostly a struggle, again, a biased perspective, but I believe that's mostly a struggle from an American point of view. Because, like I said, yeah. most of the scientific object, or the, the objections from the scientific community against Christianity are actually objections against a specific... Incomplete thought of Christianity, which is usually evangelical fundamentalism, Protestantism. Yeah, and so, and unfortunately, what a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters have done is overcompensated, and you know where faith and morals dictate what science, how science should be used, or discover, you know, scientific discoveries, what they mean. Some Protestant uh, church bodies have said, "Okay, well then this means that we no longer should believe this." You know, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to you know marriage, and the family, etc., things like that. Um, that is an overcompensation, and that's again why I love being Catholic. The Catholic Church is, boom, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Science go discover, and faith and morals will tell us how to use it. Yes, yeah. That's all. And it's a beautiful thing, it really. Is this was a great? Uh, this wasn't even planned.
1: I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually wiping a tear from my eyes. as you were saying that.
0: <laughs> oh my Just gosh. one
1: though, just one, tear. just one. Yeah. Yes,
0: just one. My goodness, we didn't even plan this little banter that we just had for 15 minutes. No, that's was a nice little banter. That was a little, little banter <laughs> session. Gosh, we're so cheesy, but that's all right. People, I think, will like it. What we actually, what I actually like wanted to talk about today was very, I'm glad this happens. It doesn't happen often. That's a conversation for another day. But I was very challenged by a homily from mass uh, yesterday. Shout out to Father Iron Man at St. John Newman. You know, he, he really challenged us. You know, because it's based on the first reading from yesterday, Hosea 10. Uh, I took verses 1 to through, uh, through 3. You know, we have no king since we do not fear the Lord, the king. What could he do for us? And, what verse is that? Uh, oh, I should have written
1: that down. Uh, never it's the book of Hosea, though.
0: Yeah. Chapter 10. It's Chapter
1: 10. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But now I have to look. put the iPad down.
0: I have to look it now. I have to. If I can find it, <laughs> no, I found it. We're good. So it's, um, yeah, it's for verse three. Okay. For now, they will say we have no king since we do not fear the Lord, the King. What could He do for us? And that really, and He continued to challenge us and say, you know, if if we, we need to stop looking for a president to save america whatever that means yeah if we don't you know if we don't set our lives on course for christ no president is gonna do anything for anybody
1: yeah tell me if this sounds like uh tell me if this sounds like uh politics is uh I'm reading at the end of verse 3, but even if we had a king, what could we do for us? They make many promises, take false oaths, make agreements, and all these sort of things, bad things spring up as they go on. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's... Sorry, I know. I uh, know, yeah. it's... We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the random noise from the, from the table. I think I just have to install some kind of something, a padding or something. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's so true. They promise all these things and talks about lawsuits in there and and the courts. And if we don't have a genuine fear for the Lord, nothing, the state is not going to rescue us. No. The state, because what I find interesting is, is again, a critique of of Catholicism specifically is, is... you know, how we have hierarchy and it's not a democracy and and sometimes bad stuff happens. And then, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, there's, because it's an institution instituted by God, but managed by people. Yeah. So that's a critique people have, but then they turn around and then look to the state to solve all their problems, which not only is an institution managed by people, but it's set up by people so it's already right. it's already doomed to to grave mistakes
1: so you know this uh passage it's uh from one of the prophets in the old testament so like a prophet's function in the old testament was basically they're kind of like walking buzzkill people they basically sure, went around sure. Israel and said look how far you've fallen and bad stuff is going to happen unless we change mm-hmm. and what happened in Israel is when God basically called people to be a king, that David and them, and mm-hmm. they were kings. But as time went on, these kings got uh, more and more flawed, basically, yep. and bad things were happening. And then Jesus comes around, and he says, you don't need a king, I'm your king. So our hierarchy in the church, if a pope is doing what David did, and he's corrupt, or, or not David, but some of the people that preceded him, he's corrupt, or all these things are they're doing these bad things the difference between now and then is that we don't look to the pope as our kingly leader that's right. jesus this guy's simply a representative simply someone who's supposed to help us get towards jesus but he's not our king right. he's not our savior jesus is
0: some you know there's there's uh, in in the catholic circles there are people that would love you know they some t- jokingly some maybe not so jokingly want to return the papal states uh, you know, return to the era of the papal states where the pope is the king of the papal states and yada oh. yada. I kind of think it's it's hilarious because I think God is is hilarious that the largest, you know, the the most historic, longest running institution is currently in the smallest country on the planet.
1: Yeah, the Vatican.
0: <laughs> How like God is that? Yeah, the, the greatest institution on the planet sits on the smallest sovereign land in the world. Humble, yes. Yeah. So I think that uh, I don't think we should have a return to the papal states. We've
1: but, already been there historically oh speaking, my, and it didn't really gosh, work out. Yep.
0: <laughs> the popes during some of that. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we know how that plays out. Yeah. Basically, so I think uh, God was like, you know,
0: we're gonna we're gonna have to fix that. Yeah,
1: brush up on your Old Testament people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, it's only, I I just always found that funny, that the, the Catholic Church, the, the greatest humanitarian institution in the history of the world, sits on... They want the like a theocracy, basically? Yeah. Well, that's funny. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the Pope is the absolute monarch of Vatican City, but... Yeah. It's, it
1: doesn't hold really the same political power, because he's in charge of the few thousand clergy, and it's like a neighborhood. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, but the Holy See has uh, embassies all over the world, so their their diplomatic reach is actually. Quite
1: I did fun. not know that. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I mean, think about it too. If you think about it, the all the, the churches around the world fall under the jurisdiction oh, so of they're
1: almost like, the Catholic
0: oh. Church um, by matter of hierarchy, not necessarily the land that it sits on, like the cathedral downtown doesn't belong to the Holy See, but right. the church, the institution does. So the reach of the Catholic Church is quite vast, but in terms of sovereignty, <laughs> it's the smallest on the planet.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is quite interesting. That is, But I think one thing especially in this in this climate today like we were talking downstairs there's so many things that we would like to see happen or need fixing or whatever but we can't look to a president or the state to take care of everything at least more especially morally we need to reform our own hearts and reconcile with God ourselves and be on the path to Christ ourselves. Well that, that is going to bring the transformation we need.
1: Yeah, and the di- yeah, the difference between the church and politics in this sense is that the if we go around in, as a church and evangelize people one by one, that's part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Because if people are truly evangelized, then they do treat their neighbors like another self. They do believe in human yep. dignity. Like, all, so all these problems don't happen under that belief. Right. At least they shouldn't. Right. Um, so evangelization is part of that process.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, people that have uh, converted and have reconciled, and, you know, the more people reconcile with God and and... You know, fix their lives toward Christ. The, that's that's what's going to change the politics. Mm-hmm. You can't do it backwards. You can't try to change the politics, and all of a sudden, that that's like the opposite of evangelization. That's coercion. That's yeah. fascism. <laughs> yeah, like that's not how it's supposed to work. At all. Uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the you know the Christian religion. You know, the martyrs are what what grew the faith. You know, Yes, there were some bad state actors that uh, did some really heinous things in the name of Jesus. But what actually grew Christianity was, was not those state actors. It was the people that refused to recant their belief in Christ and were killed for it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, wow, they died for that? This must be something legitimate. And that's what, what grew the faith. So we need to convert our own hearts and minds then the politics follow not the other way around
1: yeah and the other thing interesting about church history like if we look back at these really troubling times in the church's history where they were doing bad things what's comforting about that is if you go back and read or study it there are plenty of people that were internally working against that Mm -hmm. so for example the whole idea of the monastery was basically the idea of being a monk was basically a public protest against the church, basically not against Jesus, but against this idea of lackadaisical faith, Mm -hmm. this idea of like intertwining the church with like, uh, the state or all those things like monasteries went around. They're going to be like, no, we're going to go be a city on a hill, a literal city on a hill, like Jesus said, Mm -hmm. and we're going to show like what it means to really be Christian. And through us, through people seeing us, then they're going to want to, you know, be like right. that. So there's always internal reform going on. Yeah,
0: absolutely agree. What was your favorite part about the Clarence and Peter
1: podcast? Um, Let me see. Besides the... Hard
0: transition. Besides, <laughs> besides the
1: besides the intro, when yeah. we would, like, say... Hi, like, I'm Johannes, a.k.a. Clarence. Clarence, a.k.a. Johannes. Yeah, and then I just, like, giggled a little bit every time. No, it was just good to it was just good to get together and like go in depth about because it in in like when we were doing our youth nights and stuff, yeah. you don't always have the time to like really get into the weeds with everything because True. certain kids are interested in other things and then it's got to be fun. It can't be school or anything. Right. So it was nice to get together and like go in depth on a topic, um, or a deep dive as we would say. It. Say deep dive. Deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> Deep dive. Yeah. Yes, yes, with that radio voice. So, like, it was fun. It was fun to do that. And then, if people wanted to go and like learn about whatever topic we picked that day, yeah. it was good. That was my favorite part. What about yours?
0: My favorite part, and this is true for both you and Aaron, your successor, um, was that we I was able to get together with with another youth minister, and you know, it, it really made the sense real that I'm not on an island and the yeah. ministry do here at St. Clarence is not an island. Like, there's another parish out there, another ministry out there doing, doing great things and it just made that more real. And it's always fun for me, I'm a collaborator, so it's always fun for me to, to you know, bounce ideas off of other people and then have, and then give feedback for other people's ideas. So that was, the collaboration aspect was probably my favorite part. Right. And of course, you know, the, the deep dive into various topics and we talked about sports a lot
1: yeah we did
0: didn't i predict the browns to go 11 and 5
1: that didn't pan out Yeah.
0: <laughs> i think you said 10 and 6 i remember I, think I said 11 and 5 i
1: don't know if it was sarah i think it was sarah who got mad at us because we kept talking about obj the day yes. that we got traded to the browns <laughs> that's a throwback right there yeah totally. that of. feels like it was forever ago it was but I just remember like the news had broke, I think, like the day that we chose yeah. that, the day that we recorded that, me and you were hyped about it. Oh my so. goodness, yes. Yeah.
0: And we totally were like, 11 and 5, 10 I 6. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my gosh. What did we finish? 7 and 9 that year?
1: I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was not, oh, a, not a good one. It was all right, but not what we hoped.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was better than sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Significantly better.
1: Yeah, what's the math? 700% better. Yeah, I don't true. know. Yeah. What do you think about uh this season?
0: It's going to be crazy. It's going to be weird.
1: Yeah, I don't I I can't even make any predictions because I don't know it I mean, I've no idea like what the practices are going to be like, what the games yeah. are going to be like cuz like someone like Baker Mayfield, you know, he kind of feeds off the energy of the crowd. Yeah, he does. Uh so um so I don't know. I mean, there's so many additional factors that were not included with football this past year that are that is now play i'll tell you what i'm excited for which i'm rarely excited for (laughs) is if baseball comes back they're only gonna do 60 games
0: yeah i am
1: pumped for that and what's cool about that is all 60 of those games are gonna matter that is because when there's one hundred and fifty thousand games or whatever they typically do 160 or something 162 yeah you're gonna have days where you just don't care or whatever so so I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I, I am very pumped for that. And I think... And they also expanded the playoffs. Yeah. So I think this is a neat opportunity for baseball to kind of... Get back into the, he- reintroduce the headlight. ...reintroduce
1: itself to the people. Limelight? Headlight's not a that's No, stupid. back to the limelight. Back to the limelight. <laughs> back into the headlights. Or <laughs> <laughs> they get hit by a car, yeah. yeah. Boom! <laughs> yeah.
0: But I, I think it's going to be... I think we need it as a nation. We need sports. Yeah. We, my goodness. I agree. We need something to rally around. Yeah. My gosh. I mean, it's important. Like the stuff that's come up has been important to discuss. I don't want to minimize that. It's very important to discuss those things. And we should rally around, you know, fixing things that need to be fixed. But. This kind of goes with, like, self-care. Like, America needs some self-care.
1: Like, and sports is unifying. I mean, there's is. division in the sense of my team's better than yours, but there's right. unification under the sport, you right. know? so you I mean, talk
0: about busting through racial boundaries and income boundaries. Like, you know, everyone unites under your sport team. Yeah. No matter how much money you make, what color you are, we're cheering for the same team. We want the same team to win. Yeah. Talk about unity. I know. That's what we're about. So I can't wait.
1: for I hope it happens.
0: Trip. I hope it happens. As long as people stay vigilant, stay smart. Plus, and,
1: America loves its football. And if you take that away.
0: I'm not getting many help. Especially
1: college football.
0: That's, see, that's what's going to... I think NFL will be easier to come back than college. Yeah. Just because the the scope. I mean, jeez. Yeah. D1, 2, 3, on down. I mean... That's just a way bigger enterprise than the NFL. Yeah. I think Ohio State canceled their voluntary workouts. Wow.
1: Well, I think I heard that on the fan
0: yesterday. But, yeah,
1: we need sports. I'll tell you what else I needed in my life was what? these little fake grapes that I've been playing with. Because <laughs> I came up here today, and I just grabbed these, these little grapes, and it just feels right at home yeah. playing with them. <laughs>
0: They're so weird. I mean, they're they're a staple in this house. Yeah, they, they've been here since I've been here, and they're random. And then you added another
1: cardboard cutout to this house.
0: Well, it we didn't it, it's always been here. Oh. The uh, the you're talking about the in, inside, inside out character, out character or yeah. Who scared me always... when I was
1: walking up the stairs? By the way.
0: <laughs> Good. now it, this was uh, here before I came here. It was from oh. their retreat. Okay. Before I came here, and it, I forget where it was, but we brought it upstairs just to because we have the Popes up here. I don't know. Yeah. But
1: I like it. Well, this is a cozy little nook here. It is a
0: little cozy little nook. Yeah. For those, since we're not, like, videotaping this, you can't see. We are in this tiny little nook of this, like, bungalow-type house. I don't even know if that's the accurate type of house this I don't is. know. It's like a like Rubik's
1: Cube of rooms that's is what true. this house
0: is. It's like... It looks, to me, it just it reminds me of a house in Parma. Okay. A little old house in Parma with wood panels on the walls. I don't know how many houses in uh I don't know. They're bungalows, though, right? A bunch of bungalows. Sure. It's like a weird... Everything, there's like... Talk about like, there's no own open concept in this type of house. Yeah. Like every room is its own compartment. Yeah. It's weird. I don't like it. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, this little nook nook up here in the corner. I like it. Yeah. Oh Is, it
1: Is it called the Crow's Nest? And
0: I I don't know where this was here before I was here. Okay. I just kinda like podcast nook. That's what I like. I like the name Podcast Nook. I don't know.
1: I could call it the, the Nookcast. <laughs> Padook. <laughs> the cubby hole. The cubby hole. Oh that's fun.
0: <laughs> the podcast cubby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that. There we
0: go. I appreciate you coming on though. Yeah, exciting.
1: thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: I'll have to have you since you're uh, not working right now because it's summer. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, I'm
1: not unemployed. It's just summer. Right. Yeah, you know, I uh, once yo I left and Johannes uh, was still here. I I think I call him like twelve times a day, and then like once a month he'll respond to me. Right. So it was yeah. nice to. So every time I just like <laughs> rearrange my life around coming to see Johannes. Man. So.
0: I mean, it's sometimes it's overwhelming. So I can't, I can't respond twelve times in a day. I have to.
1: Yeah. You know, I got stuff to do. Sometimes thirty. Yeah, it's. I'll text you ten times yeah. after I leave today. The last time you called, it was
0: like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think the time before that it was also pretty late. Yeah, well,
0: and it rang once and I picked up. Yeah, that was impressive. I was, I was like, you just gonna keep calling, so I'm just gonna have, a, <laughs> I just have to get this conversation going because <laughs> he's just gonna call me into the night. Yeah yeah we'll be, you'll have to be back on here yeah it'll we'll be have fun to. be a fun little time little in the in the podcast nook in the cubby
1: hole tell the uh tell the crew the crew that i know whenever you see them tell them i said hi
0: i will i will do that
1: yeah um i do have one bone to pick before we Uh-oh. get off here uh so rachel uh-huh uh youth minister at St. Hillary. Yes. So my students go to St. Hillary. Yes. So the demeanor I have as a youth <laughs> minister and the demeanor I had as a teacher were a little bit different. Of course. So one day, uh, a couple of my kids start going to our youth group, and then one day, bunch of people just come in every period and they're like, Hey, Mr. Top, you ever heard of the Clarence of Peter podcast? I'm like, you say that again and you're expelled. <laughs>
0: Immediate expulsion.
1: Yeah, not wow. because I'm embarrassed of what we did or what we said, but because right. the way that they, because I've just, it was just a different demeanor. So yeah. it was funny. They
0: say it like it's some dirty little.
1: Secret. I don't know why I thought that was gonna stay secret, but yeah,
0: that's a good thing though.
1: Yeah, a they, couple they, they, of them were listening to it, and I'm like, okay, it's awesome. just, all it is is you listening to me teach talk more about religion. So I don't, this is true. Yeah, praise God. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been great. You'll have to be back on it for sure. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be awesome. awesome. But yeah, that's uh, you. Know, with all that set, love God, love neighbor, peace.
1: I'm dipping sauce, and I'm out. <laughs>